Hey, you should enter a beauty pageant. Me? You've got to be kidding me. Hi, I'm Heather Fowler, and I am host of Graceful Stories, living and learning that God's got this. Today, we will learn how our guest went from a self-identified bully to walking in four-inch heels in a beauty pageant, all draped in a change that only Jesus himself could perfectly design. Folks, this story is a little bit different for us and so worth the listen. I can't wait for you to hear Debbie's graceful story. So where did this story come from? A few years ago, I wrote a book called The Warrior. Through it, people started telling me their experiences of courage and how God got them through challenging times. These are their stories. Well, I am so excited to be here with Debbie. Debbie has had a few graceful stories in her life, but we are concentrating on one today, and it's a unique one. It's something that not many of us will be able to say we've experienced in our life. So, Debbie, it's so nice to have you here with us. Heather, thank you for having me. (laughs) It is such a pleasure. We've talked about this for a while, and I'm glad we're finally getting at it. We're sitting here in the mountains of Colorado doing this. (laughs) Which is amazing with the golds and the the greens and the yellows and the reds. It's, yeah. It's gorgeous. Breathtaking. And within probably a few short weeks, it's all going to be covered with snow. (laughs) But right now we get to see the handiwork. So, um, Debbie, tell us your graceful story. You know, Heather, it's so funny. um, Speaking about this, uh, it's, it's kind of fun to reminisce and remember Um, but I I will back up to that point of growing up here in the mountains that you're seeing today and um, very much a tomboy, very much loving the outdoors. I'm the middle of three girls and I was my dad's little buddy. So any chore he had to do outside, I was right there with him. And um, yeah, I just kind of grew up with the more of the like I said, the tomboy side of things. Loved fishing and catching snakes and salamanders. And, <laughs> and just the, the glorious outdoors was my playground. Well, this is quite the playground, I tell you what. Yeah. <laughs> it's gorgeous. Yeah, it is. Now you know why. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, so going on with that. Um, I um, struggled through school just trying to figure out where I fit in. And um, did not, I didn't like the frilly, froofy stuff ever. Um, so I struggled with where my place was um, and was kind of a bully. I, I was very insecure as a child. And I will say it, it goes back to, um, I was born with a birth defect in my eye, not a major birth defect. It's called ptosis, but it develop it gives a droopy eyelid and I just always had kids asking what was wrong with me and I remember adults asking what was wrong with me as well to my parents and not knowing they were talking about my eye I just knew there was something wrong I didn't know what it was uh, so always you know kind of having that concept of you know my image there was something wrong with who I was mm. and so um, to defend that I kind of was gruff with people and 
um, you know, I, I just, I was a bully. I was mean and ornery and defiant at times. Mm-hmm. Um, so it just, yeah, it, 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 that attitude, I, um, you know, I, obviously I feel bad now, but it just was kind of that defend. If I could be the bully, I wasn't going to be bullied. And if I acted tough, then people would leave me alone. So that was kind of the attitude that I had through school. So do you think that's a defense mechanism that happens a lot? Do you think that's, I mean, have you ever delved into that about why It is. Happens? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. Hmm. It's usually somebody is being bullied themselves or have, you know, something going on at home or, I mean, there's just such a, a wide variety. Insecurities are, I, I would imagine, tied very well into those because you worry so much about everybody else when you're insecure when you're not you don't you don't you don't bother with you know worrying about those around you and Mm -hmm. we know how tough peers can be absolutely Mm -hmm. as a child so that affected um that obviously affected a lot um out of high school i um i really kind of rebelled and went it went into college but just the things that I swore I would never do, um, I just fell right into. And so... And I know one of those little things is you being in a rock band. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and in the 80s, we were called hair bands because 80s rock and anybody, you know, that is of that era knows the big hair and um, the, the big rock sound. And so that was, that definitely was, was me. I was lead singer in a hair band in the late 80s in college. Complete with fishnet <laughs> pantyhose. <laughs> yes, torn fishnet stockings and stretchy pants. So, yeah. Um, so, yes. Uh, so, that was all part of really my rebellion. I'd been in music my whole entire life. Loved singing and played the fiddle and had piano lessons as a child. And so, yeah, that just kind of tied into that in my college days so um but later on um and this is a whole different story we're not really going to go probably through today uh but I got pregnant in college um my boyfriend and I did get married uh when our daughter was five months old and um and then five months after we got married we got pregnant again so two children by the age of 22 and um, a stay-at-home mom and trying to figure out you know, all the things that you do as a young mom. Um, where's my place and and those kinds of things. And so one day I had a neighbor um, ask me if I had ever considered competing in pageants. <laughs> and you know I love beauty pageants, beauty pageants. Mm-hmm. and I love I love pers- I love personal challenges. I always have. And, um, but that was the furthest thing I had ever, ever in my life thought of. I didn't like, and no offense, I didn't like cheerleaders. I didn't like the froofy. I didn't like the, the pageant- ultimate feminine. Yes. Thing. And pageants were kind of one of the things that you would just kind of make fun of. I never in a million years ever considered myself a pageant girl. And so I laughed at her at first and then she said, no, really think about it. Um, there is a pageant system for married women, and you you would be good at this because you're real, you're you're reachable, you're you're approachable. Really think about it, and so I did. I thought about it, talked to my husband about it, 
and um, all of a sudden found myself in a beauty pageant. entered into a beauty pageant. <laughs> Okie dokie. <laughs> um, so it was the Mrs. Colorado America system. And I reached out to the director. She said, if you're serious about this, we're eight weeks away from pageant. And this was in 93. And I said, I am serious about it. So I entered, I raised funds, um, and then competed in this pageant. And I honestly had no idea what I was doing. I would watch how somebody next to me was standing. Oh, I can stand that way. I would, you know, joke along with other things. And I had a gown that was so wrong, but it fit so well with, mm -hmm. um, with the decorations. <laughs> so I blended very well. Um, <laughs> And, it, and it's just funny looking back because I had no idea what I was doing and I had no idea why I had the desire all of a sudden to, to be this. in a pageant. Hmm. Yeah. Yes. So I competed in that pageant and by gosh, if I wasn't fourth runner up and I won Mrs. Congeniality that first year. <laughs> From bully to Miss Congeniality. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> and the gal that had given her crown up, she, she came up to me afterwards. She said, you better come back. Yeah. And I said, you, you bet I'm going to come back. Yeah. And, and I thoroughly enjoyed it because that next year I set my goals long-term, short-term. And I really believe goals help us to, you know, accomplish where we're, where we're headed. And, um, somebody had made a comment that no one really had, um, because there was a swimsuit competition. It is a fit, you know, for fitness mm -hmm. and no one really had, you know, they're all mom bods kind of thing. It was kind of a brush by comment. And I was like, that's my goal. I want to win the fitness award next year when I compete. And of course I wanted to win. And so 1994, I come back and I learned how to walk in mm -hmm. four inch heels. I had to practice, practice because this girl did not wear dresses. I did not wear high heels. I mean, all of that I had to learn how to mm -hmm. walk gracefully, how to present myself on stage, how to speak um, in front of people because there's interview and um, yes all of those things I worked a year for and then 1994 competed in this competition again with a whole different outlook at it mm -hmm. and I knew I had that desire to win and I knew I had a purpose to win mm. and um, and I wanted to win that fitness award and so I won the fitness award and I won Mrs. Colorado America. Woohoo! Yay! <laughs> okay, so I would love to. Where was God in your story? Where Where did He appear? Because I know you. What you kind of told your backstory. When did you come to Christ? In the midst of all of that. Yeah, Christ was. I grew up in a Christian home, and so the Lord has always been there. I remember at three years old knowing clearly that there was a God in heaven that loved me. Um, I called him my father, and I I even separated my dad, my you know, my my dad mm -hmm. from my father. Mm -hmm. um, and it was funny because my parents always thought, well, Deb's got a little invisible friend because I would talk about my father on a hill. Mm. My father lives here. My father lives here, and I was trying to connect that. So mm -hmm. I've known I, I've I've had a relationship with the Lord from a very young age. Um, but so you asked me where was God in all of this, and I will say He was in the center of it. And he was pushing me along. Um, I really believe that, that the Lord was like, 
this I want you to do for a greater purpose down the road, which I did not know. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I know that when God takes us to something, he's equipping us through it. Right. So he didn't take me to, to compete in a pageant just for it to be for my glory. Right. And, um, and you knew that from the start. From the start. From the start. That, that there was a message that I had tried to get out for a long time. And it was reaching teen moms mm. and abstinence education and that was around the time that um, true love weights was coming out and I would try to go into schools and they you know they're like well who are you um, or youth groups and stuff mm-hmm. and all of a sudden I had a title mm. and all of a sudden these schools and these youth groups were wanting me to come in and, and share the platform that I had that was all God because to take a, a very insecure young woman who had made a lot of errors and mistakes, um, who was a t- I was nineteen when I got pregnant myself, and um, and to use that message to reach others was amazing, and from that um, establishing a ministry it, it, through many many years. Like I said, this was back in ninety four, and I have worked with the pageant system for most of the time since then. Um, and I've done some other competitions that were of a bigger caliber. I did go to Mrs. America. I did not place anywhere. I had a wonderful time. And, um, you know, I just knew that God was using a goodwill ambassador for his glory uh, in, a, in a most unbelievable way. And when I say that, it's friends that knew me as a child were like, What? You were what? You're, you're, <laughs> you won a beauty pageant? And people that know me now said, what? You used to rebel against God and you were a tomboy. And, and I bet you girls have experienced some of my tomboyish ish <laughs> up here. Um, so, so, yeah, God was and still is in the center of and sometimes kicking me in the backside. Mm-hmm. You know, move along and just do what I've asked you. And he puts that desire there. Mm -hmm. Um, and it comes from nowhere, you know, and then, you know, yeah, God's, God's got something in the works. Yeah. So you give credit to God for even wanting to do this. Yes. And so he took you from wanting to do this to winning, to giving you the platform to talk to teenagers about teenage pregnancy. Yes. Yes. That's awesome. Yes. So what do you, you know, if we take that out to its logical conclusions, where do you think that experience has led you in your walk? Mm-hmm. You know, to today with mm-hmm. what you're doing. Yep. Trusting him in the unknown. And, and I, I just kind of call that the, this, you know, stepping out in faith, that Jordan River where, um, where the priests, the water didn't part until they actively stepped into it. Mm. And, you know, it was different when when they were crossing the um, the Red Sea and God parted the waters before they crossed. The obedience of going into the promised land was the priests had to, carrying the ark, step into the water before it parted. That's a step of faith because it's unknown. Mm-hmm. And I've learned through through time and experience that I can trust my God mm-hmm. with those steps of faith. He's not going to let me drown. He's not going to let me fall. If he is um, calling my steps forward and I'm obeying him and not trying it on my own, um, that he's right there and he's going to walk me through those things. And that's, what's been cool as, um, this ministry 
that started there has taken me all around the world. (laughs) And so each time there's a new country, there's a new element I don't know or understand. I don't have to fear it. Yeah. Um, I fear more of being disobedient to the Lord. You know, yeah. when, when I know he's asking me to do something, then I choose not to. And aren't you helping a school in Liberia? Part of, and I talk about, I really share a lot about even that pageant moment, which was just for a season, mm-hmm. um, led me to a point of meeting uh, an African family. It, 20 some years later, we're building a school in Liberia and, and, a, and a nonprofit that I have organized is, is who's funding this. And so, yes. Yeah, so, you know, now we're in like, we're in Africa yeah. and building a school to help educate children. We can't change that culture, but educated children can. And I really believe they will. Mm-hmm. And so I could ne- never have imagined all the work that the Lord was going to do from that time of stepping out in in a most awkward way and saying, yes, yes, you can send me. I'll do this. Mm-hmm. Man, the blessings are amazing. And the surprises, which I love, surprises, um, are unexplainable. Yeah. He's so good. He's so His good. His goodness is so... Um, yeah, unexplainable. It's so they're so rich and it's fun to see what God does. Yeah. Okay, so transitioning into the advice section, mm-hmm. I have a couple questions that have come to mind through this. The first one is you've been in a beauty pageant. You've seen what that means and you were given the prodding by God to do it in the first place. What would you say to a girl who's 13, who feels ugly, who feels like maybe she's even being teased for that? What, what, what would you say to her? I, um, you know, looking back at the 13, my 13 year old self and I was right there. Mm. Um, you know, it, trusting in the Lord with all my heart and not leaning on my own understanding of things. God has a purpose and a plan for everyone, and he doesn't make mistakes. (laughs) And, you know, God's favor had nothing to do with me being the most beautiful woman there. I wasn't. I never have been in any of the pageants I've been in. (laughs) Um, But when his favor is there, people take notice. Because we're not trying to make it work. He just makes it work for us. And, you know, he has... He has a testimony and a story for each and every one of us. Yeah. And so sometimes we have to be reminded to stop looking around and stop listening to the lies that are told of us mm-hmm. to us. Mm-hmm. Um, and that doesn't define who we are. And that does not define who we are in Christ. Amen. So, yeah, that 13-year-old girl, just trust the Lord. He has great plans. He is not finished. And wow, girlfriend, just looking, pressing on towards what God has is, is so rich and so beautiful. Awesome. Okay, so my next question is, I'd love for you to talk to the parents of the child who is rebelling. How would you give them peace? Mm-hmm. That's, gosh, you know, that's, that's a very difficult because that's a difficult question. 
with a difficult answer Mm -hmm. um, because each situation is so different. And Mm -hmm. I know for myself, I didn't know how to cry out for help Mm -hmm. or to say, I'm really struggling. It's hard for a teenager, especially when you're like the middle school age is so hard. Mm -hmm. Hormones are going weird. I've never experienced before. Um, There can be bullies at school. There can be kids that are just, you know, it's just a tough time. And it's also very difficult for parents. We feel like we're losing our kiddos for a while. Mm -hmm. You know, their behavior is weird and awkward. And um, we need to love our children where they are and pray them to where God wants to take them. So it's easy to become critical. It's easy to say those things like, why would you do your hair that way? Why would you, you know, and sometimes we need to lay that down before the Lord and trust him in it definitely have boundaries we love our kids so much we would place a boundary before them you have to have boundaries but grace in grace. raising that child makes a world of difference that grace goes a long is, way oh, boy, <laughs> and and by god's grace you know i can sit here with you and and share this because mm-hmm. i was a mess my poor parents <laughs> i just oh now that we have grown children both of us (laughs) you can understand okay so my last question is I would love for you to talk right into the microphone and talk to that girl that in the last five years all sorts of craziness has happened you know you had a series of a few years where you got pregnant Mm -hmm. where you decided with the father not to get married where you yeah, we did get married. Well, but you, for a little oh, bit yes, you decided yes, yes, not to. Right. Um but then you did. Mm-hmm. Um where you were for a few months raising a child alone, mm-hmm. not knowing how to, you know, just and I don't know if this person that you're talking to is going to have those exact situations, but someone who feels like everything is going wrong. Well, so let me address that just with a brief the guilt and conviction that I struggled with, mm-hmm. having grown up in a Christian home, but yet I still became pregnant, mm-hmm. um, I struggled with accepting that God has forgiven me. Mm. And that was huge. And then I believed that mm-hmm. God would never, ever use me. And and that had been told to me of mm-hmm. church people mm-hmm. and conveyed. So um, I... I really struggled with that, and I believe you probably have listeners the same. How how would God use me, and the you know, with through the consequences of my sins? And so, um, God never wastes a hurt, and there is Mm -hmm. nothing that we can do that, as a believer, separate us from God's love. Amen. Yeah. And so, I have sinned. Yes. Did I repent? Absolutely. Confess those sins before Him. And then he picks up, I actually wrote a song called God Only Sees a Rose. Mm. And the song talks about, you know, looking at my life, sometimes what I see is a flower crushed, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so it, what used to look like it was growing strong like a rose, all of a sudden is crushed. And God just shows, hey, you needed the dirt mm. for the foundation, the roots, mm-hmm. right? You need the, the, the nourishment of the sun mm-hmm. um, and the tears, the water, mm-hmm. and the crushed flower has fragrance. And God uses all of that. So he never wastes the hurt. Mm-hmm. He is always 
God is able to do those very things that we would feel would separate us forever. That's what's amazing about God is I didn't have to work towards all these things to get his forgiveness. Mm-hmm. He, um, through grace, there again, and the redemption that God gives us sets all things right and new, and then he uses it to minister to others. Mm-hmm. Um, I earned the right to talk about what I was talking about, <laughs> you know, because right. of the experiences God I gave had. you that platform. And I had experienced his grace in such a great way. So for the young woman or the woman who feels like God will never be able to use me, I have sinned too deeply mm-hmm. um, to ever, you know, for God to ever do anything in my life. That is a lie that does we do not find in the word of God. Amen research the women in the Bible, <laughs> yes, their history and what God did with them. Mm-hmm. And just know you are that precious girl, just like the woman in the Bible is, and he will use you in a great way. Oh, I love that. That's perfect. Thank you, Debbie. Absolutely. Love it. Ooh, awesome stuff. Thank you for joining us for Graceful Stories where we get the opportunity to see the grace of our heavenly dad in the real stories of our guests. I'd like to thank our guest today, Debbie Moore, for sharing her powerful story about God and his faithfulness. If you have any questions or would like to share your story, please message us and we'll get right back with you. If you liked what you heard today, please subscribe so that you never miss a story. And stay tuned next time to hear the story of a woman who went from diagnosis all the way through mastectomy and is healthy today. Until next time, my friends, put your faith in Jesus because God's got this.